0: Thank you for listening to the Resources for Integrated Care podcast series, Best Practices for Recruiting and Sustaining Successful Enrollee Advisory Committees, EACs. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on March 20th, 2023. In this podcast, Kara Curtis, the Lead Director of Business Development and Director for DSNP and Medicare-Medicaid Plan Markets at Aetna, a CVS company, discusses frameworks for EACs, best practices for recruitment and retention, and implementation of advisory committee feedback.
1: I'm excited to have the opportunity to share the lessons that Aetna has had conducting enrollee advisory committees for over eight years from our three MMP markets. Aetna today, our footprint is quite large. We now offer a DSNP in 30 states, and then also we have three MMP states which is in Illinois, Michigan, and Ohio, and that we've really seen rapid growth since 2019 in our dual markets business. As a company, our strategy is reshaping healthcare to help make healthier happen for more Americans. And through our Aetna Medicare and Medicaid business, we offer a full range of products to meet the needs of dual eligibles. So whether it's one of our MMPs, again, in Illinois, Ohio, or Michigan, our 30 d which is a combination of FIDE, Heidi's coordinated d And we also serve dual eligibles in our PDP plans across the country. And we also offer Medicaid managed care in 10 states. So we have, as you could see, having DSNP in 30 states, we have begun to roll out our DSNP and advisory Committees in 30 states, and hope to have all 30 completed by the end of March in about another week. And what we've done is we've really taken the lessons learned from our MMPs and really established a strategy where we have a local market sort of execution team that's supported by a national team. And this really allows us, you know, recognizing that if you have 30 markets, we need to have some consistency across the US while also allowing for responsiveness to sort of regional differences. And I'm just gonna give a couple highlights here on some of the different sort of roles and responsibilities between the national team. Team and the local market. So the national team really is meant to sort of be that central depository in terms of resources, standard templates training all the decent markets. Today, we have a playbook, just really, really have sort of a sort of central reference for everyone, including best practices. They coordinate all the in-kind benefits that we offer. And they also are responsible for any of the reporting to appropriate stakeholders as requested, whether that be the state or CMS and anyone else. The local market, on the other hand, is really more responsible for the on-ground execution and actual recruitment. So we look to the local markets to facilitate the meetings, and then they really are on point to follow up with any sort of participant issues that come up in the meeting and so it'll be interesting to see when we have our first steering committee in april what we've learned from these 30 markets that we are in the process of conducting so our um, there are four key components to our framework first is which i sort of mentioned is that we have this national team that's supporting the local markets and really having very clear roles and responsibilities amongst those teams And really making sure that you know we do reflect the local market expertise at the state level. That's very important. The national team does do trying to have some consistent uh, you know agenda topics across all markets. There is sort of a blend between the national team coming up with the national agenda items while allowing the local markets to uh, have flexibility in the agenda items that reflect the needs of their market. And not only does this allow us to really have really track trends across um, across the country, it also allows us to really get meaningful data. In terms of recruitment and engagement, which is sort of the other sort of key components of the framework, we really have a multi-prong approach. And, you know, we'll go up going a little bit more into this in the following slide. Recruitment, we utilize data, we pass out flyers at community events, we have referrals from care management and member services, we make outbound outreach calls, and we even recruit community-based partners to be part of our meetings. And we really engage members across the spectrum, everything from our frequent callers to, to our member services line, the members that we know ask really good questions, or members that really have called or have written us with dissatisfaction. So we want the sort of the full range of experiences to be part of these committees. Historically, I've been ta- over the last eight years, we've been taking the findings of the MMPs. They've been reported up to a, something at the enterprise level called the Service Improvement Committee. But given now the size of all the different advisory committees that will be happening across the country, we've established a new steering committee. The purpose of this steering committee really is to evaluate the effectiveness of our early Advisory Boards committees across all of our markets. And this will have our first one in April, after we finish all of the 30 uh, committee for, for quarter one, and it'll meet quarterly and really just has a very v- wide variety of representation. You know, everything from senior leadership to our local leadership, you'll have our national team members, we'll have marketing, we'll have our product design folks, all of our member experience facing teams, we'll have network, and obviously, which is not called out here by care management and quality. We define the effectiveness, how we're gonna sort of measure that is how successfully we're able to recruit members and retain, as well as the level of engagement and feedback that we're getting from our members at meetings. And from our experience, you know, we anticipate some types of recommendations will come from new supplemental benefit ideas that we may wanna explore, ways that we can make our website easier to navigate, or just insight on community resources that our members need or want us to partner with. And a really good example of something that, from our our experience of soliciting feedback, is at what point we were offering silver sneakers as a supplemental benefit. And we made a decision the following year to actually move from silver sneakers to Weight Watchers and we heard very loud and clear from our MMP and p markets they did not like that decision, that that was not meeting their needs, and it was more important that they have access to silver sneakers. So we did make that switch just by using the input from those committees. So just a, a couple highlights here on, 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 our, on our recruitment process. We really have a multi-pronged process We do this year round and it's really driven by the local market. But one of the things that we start with is we really sort of pull a representative sample sort of as the baseline. And we have a variety of different things that we consider as we're pulling together this sample. And it really gives us the ability to have sort of a report of potential people who would like to participate and as part of our sort of outbound recruitment activities. And then once we've sort of determined who's gonna be in sort of that sample, then we are able, and get members to agree, we then submit that list of attendees to our national team. We expect that we'll be sort of tweaking that criteria over time as we continue to, to learn from these 30 markets. And one thing we wanted to denote is we don't put term limits on participants. And that's something that we've decided that we like to be able to have the flexibility for members to feel like they don't have to come to a meeting, as well as the fact that we like to balance people who uh, have been sort of tending the meetings on an ongoing basis, as well as allowing for new members every time we hold a meeting. So just a couple of best practices from our recruitment and retention. One of the things that we do, so in addition to this sort of data poll that we have to identify potential folks that might, so that we have a representative sample, all our member-facing teams participate year-round in recruitment. Everything from member services, to care management, to our community engagement, really are responsible for our recruitment. We actually even have a call script that we use to make sure that we have consistent messaging when we try to you know, talk with a member about the value of their participation. We've had tremendous success recruiting from community engagement such, such as a community health fair. And I think one of the reasons that may be due to the fact that in our MMP markets, our community outreach leads have been facilitating the meetings, the member advisory meetings. And so they're really, you know, when they're out there in the community, They can really genuinely come across and talk to members on sort of experiences that that they've witnessed in these committee meetings and really sort of start a sort of building that trusted relationship with people who may want to also participate one of the other things that from a retention tactic just real quickly is that we found that that really works very well is really being creating a safe space for the participants letting them know up front, you know, even starting with the recruiting p- process, that we're going to respect confidentiality, that we really sort of, there are sort of ground rules. And one of the leads just told me that he makes everyone do a, what we call a respect pledge, that we're going to be respectful to everyone and their ideas, that there are no, no bad ideas. And then lastly, these are just some examples of things that we've changed over time with feedback from the advisory committee. I already mentioned one about the silver sneakers, But the other is we all know that non-emergent transportation is something that's a pain point for many of us and that we really did take that feedback seriously from one of the committees and actually was able to change the transportation vendors moving forward. So that's just another example of some of the recommendations that we have been able to employ.
0: Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality healthcare that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website, www.resources.org for integratedcare.com. You can also find us on Twitter. Our handle is at integrate underscore care or follow resources for integrated care on LinkedIn to stay up to date with our recent products and technical assistance.